Hello, Hillside Church. This is our second week of not having Sunday service at the church. And yesterday I sent out a devotion, you know, concerning the times, our uncertain times. And mainly it was a talk given by Lee Strobel on having hope in a time of worry. And so I kind of ran across that and thought it was an excellent talk. So I wanted to send that along. Uh, right now, what I want to do is go through a passage of scripture that I would have preached on this week. I'm not going to do a full-blown sermon, but I do want to kind of go through the passage and maybe more of a devotion, maybe a little bit longer than a devotion, but not as long as a full-blown sermon. And my passage is going to be Matthew 16, verses 21 through 28. And we're following Jesus as he is getting closer and closer to the cross. And in this passage, he's talking to his disciples. And he's beginning to really bear down on the fact that he is going to suffer and die. And so... <clears throat> In verses 16, I'm sorry, chapter 16, verse 21, Jesus says, From that time on, well actually, Matthew says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So he's explaining to the disciples that he has to go to Jerusalem, and when he goes there, it's going to be pretty bad. He's going to be beaten, scourged, killed, buried, and then he said he'd be raised to life. Well, of course, the disciples had heard things like that before, but they never quite understood what he was really talking about. And so the next verse, Peter says, well, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. And you can imagine Peter saying something like that. Of course, Peter spoke a lot of times before he thought. But, you know, if somebody tells you, your, your really good friend, that something really bad is going to happen, your first thought is, hey, don't say that. You know, we won't let that happen to you. And I think that was Peter's thoughts. We won't let that happen to you. <clears throat> and so I think he's trying to be a helpful, good friend, faithful friend to Jesus. But listen to Jesus' response to that. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So I'm sure that was a shock to Peter as he's trying to be nice and help Jesus and comfort him because Jesus thinks he's going to be, you know, arrested, beaten, crucified, or, or seriously killed, seriously hurt and killed. Peter's saying, no, no, Lord, don't say that. You know, we'll be here for you. But Jesus comes back with something extremely 
uh, harsh. Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You're not thinking about the things of God. You're only thinking of human concerns. And so what really Jesus is saying to him is, you know, kind of underneath the words, he's saying, you're trying to take me away from God's plan. And not that Peter was actually aiming to take Jesus away from God's plan, but in his advice, in his trying to comfort him, he was steering Jesus away from what had to be, what the plan of God was for Jesus, the reason he sent him down. Because Jesus had to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And the religious leaders, they were playing right into <clears throat> what had to be. They were tools of Satan, but Satan was going to actually accomplish what had to be in order to save souls. So, Jesus is saying to Peter, I have a mission to accomplish, and God has sent me down here. My Father has sent me down here to accomplish that mission. And if you don't, if you think you're going to stop me or try to prevent that, then really you're going against the plans of God and you're lining up with what Satan wants to do. So, <clears throat> That's pretty harsh, but that's really the truth, of course. And then Jesus goes on to say what it will take to be a follower of his. You know, he has his followers with him. They're trying to stop him from going to the cross, in a sense, or they would like to. And then Jesus turns and says, and this is what's required if you want to be my follower. Verse 24 through 28. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, meaning whoever wants to be with me, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And then he goes on to say, Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So, you know, Peter is telling Jesus that he's not going to let him be killed by these people, be captured by these people. And, you know, when they did come to capture Jesus, Peter did try to stop them, didn't he? So he was staying true to his word. But Jesus is saying not only is he going to suffer, but he's also saying whoever wants to be my follower, they must be ready to suffer also. He says, they must take up their cross and follow me. As Jesus is going to take up his cross, he's saying, if we want to be connected to Jesus, if we want to be his people, if we want to be God's true children <clears throat> with Jesus as our brother, we will have to also 
follow like Jesus did. Follow Jesus and do what he did. And what he's saying here is, well, he says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will find it. And what he's saying here is, whoever hangs on to their earthly life, living for themselves, trying to gain everything in the world in a worldly sense, and ignoring God, they will ultimately lose their life. They will ultimately not, you know, be a child of God and not receive any of the, the kingdom rewards or even enter the kingdom. But he said, whoever is willing to give up their life, give up their earthly dreams, whatever it takes to be a follower of Jesus, that person will gain eternal life. That person will save their soul because of the choice that they made to follow Jesus and do the things it took to follow Jesus. And so the important point, of course, here is, is your choice on whether to follow Jesus or walk away and just serve yourself and forget Jesus. And for some people, it requires so much more than other people. And that's just according to God, his choice of where we're going to be, uh, what situations we're going to be in. You know, in America here, we've had it pretty easy according, you know, compared with people in other lands to where if people find out that they're a follower of Christ, they make their house burn down, they may be chased out, they may put, be put in jail. We all know about stuff like that, don't we? We hear about it. But <clears throat> the basic thing is, you know, if, if we're here in a prosperous land where we're not being persecuted, uh, if we choose just to serve ourselves, if we choose just to give our lives toward becoming wealthy or prominent or uh, impressing people with our status, you know, and we do it with wrong motives, and we do it by walking away from Christ. If choices come up, and the choice is to choose Christ, or to go with uh, whatever it is that's against Christ in order to be popular in the world, or popular with people, or you know, build up a reputation for ourselves that will will get gain give us gain in the world. If we choose the world or earthly rewards over Christ even if it, if it comes down to family trying to stop you from following Christ if you choose family over Christ well then you're in danger of forfeiting your own soul forfeiting eternal life because of that choice it always has to be choosing Christ over whatever will stop you from following him and there will be people who have great wealth, but yet they're following Christ. And there will be people <clears throat> who become quite famous, but yet they're following Christ. So it, ha it really comes down to when you have to make a choice. And even if it's your family, even if it's your uh, spouse, you know, if, if somebody comes to Christ and then their spouse is against it and they say, if you continue to follow Christ, our marriage is over, 
you have to choose Christ over your marriage. It's it's just that's the way it works. It's whatever stops us from following Christ, we have to choose to go the other way. So Jesus tells as Peter is saying, "No, Lord, you don't have to go through that. You don't have to get, you know, go through all that suffering and pain and death. We won't let that happen." And Jesus tells him, you are trying to steer me away from God's plan, which has to be, and I need to follow God. And then he says, and anybody else who wants to follow God, um, anybody else who wants to be my disciple, they also have to choose to follow God in the same way I'm doing now. And of course, the, the disciples all did. They didn't quite understand it here. They ran off scared and that wasn't good but yet they all ended up following Jesus even Peter who denied him three times he repented and turned back and followed Jesus so that's basically what we're talking about we're talking about Jesus bravely going to the cross with much fear and trepidation he took on you know the enormous task of being beaten, pummeled, uh, whipped, killed, and then rose from the dead. And then he says, I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And what happens six days later, Jesus takes a few of his disciples to the Mount of Transfiguration and they see him transfigured right before their eyes in all of his glory when he will come back and reward all those who chose him. So they get to see the glory of Christ coming in the glory of the Father and giving rewards to those who stood with him who became his disciples. Well, uh, that's basically the passage that I was going to preach from, and so we got kind of a a shortened version of that, and I trust that, you know, this Easter season, as, you know, rough as it has been as far as the, you know, coronavirus, I trust that uh, we can take this time, and if we're away from work, or if we have more extra time with family, we can spend some time concentrating on Christ and his sacrifice and then his resurrection. Just as a an elder board, we've just chosen to go another two weeks without meeting in the church because of, uh, you know, the governor's... Uh, wanting us to you know keep social distancing in order to tamp down on the spread of the, the virus. So uh, we'll be after these next, well, this Sunday is the second Sunday that we said already, but then two more Sundays, we're not going to meet for church, but you'll be receiving things on the website uh, each of these Sundays. So any questions, you can call, call me, Uh, Call any of the elders, and we'll be happy to talk to you. 
Okay, God bless and keep following Christ. <laughs>